Welcome to Tweeters and 12, the podcast that's like a snuggly blanket on a cold winter's day. My name's Mark, and I'm here with Summer Cannon. Summer, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. So your username on Twitter is simply your name, right? Yes. It's all yeah. just one uh, one word, Summer Cannon, and Summer spelled S-O-M-E-R. Yeah, I'm super creative that way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're at home full-time and writing, right? Yes. And tell us about the writing. You're you're a horror writer. I am a horror writer. Um, my first work was actually just released um, at the end of April. It's a novella titled Vicky Beautiful. You can find it on Amazon. And it's getting really good reviews. The publicity tour has been a ton of fun. I'm having a great time. So where have you been on your publicity tour? It is a virtual publicity okay. tour. Okay, all right. I've been, In yeah, case, it's been uh, great. Welcome to Edmonton. Uh, hi, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I can do it from my couch. It's very lovely. <laughs> Are you doing a lot of things by, by Skype then? or? Um, I have done one other podcast by Skype, and then I did a call-in radio show um, through my phone. And those oh, were cool. both just fantastic, fantastic interviews. Was that a local uh, radio, or is that elsewhere? It was elsewhere. Um, oh, cool. It's called Horror Happens Live. It's kind of a a big deal within the horror community to get interviewed by Mr. J. It was just one of those once in a lifetime things. Very cool. Why horror? I mean, you're, you obviously you're drawn to writing, but why writing horror? I've always been a horror fan. You know, I've, the funny thing is, is I was raised by female horror fans. My mom and my grandmother were great. They're just huge horror fans. And I was raised from a very young age watching scary movies my whole life and it was you know you tell people this now and they're like ah, nobody censored you oh my goodness we, we weren't allowed to watch the really bad sex parts but if it was violence no that's cool we can watch it <laughs> that's really interesting so what was what's your earliest horror memory then like what did it did anything scar you a little bit when you were a child I don't want to say scar, but okay. I remember um, when I was really little, I remember I I was in school, so maybe I was in kindergarten or first grade, and I was sitting in my dad's really big armchair, and I was watching a movie called Deep Star Six, and it is a movie about, it's sort of like an underwater sea lab, and they're doing drilling or excavating at the bottom of the ocean, and they wake up this giant irate crab monster and this crab comes in and it busts in the sea lab and it starts wreaking havoc on this underwater sea lab and there's one part where the crab rips a man in half All and right. it's, it's a very graphic thing and I remember sitting on my dad's armchair and I had a, a like a throw pillow shoved in front of my face because I really thought I was going to puke <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I was okay, and that's still to this day one of my favorite monster movies. You're you're a parent as well as a horror writer. Do your kids know what mom does for a living? Or are they allowed to read what mom writes, or do they ask questions about it? My oldest is only eight, and my youngest is five. So there's no way they can read what I write. It's very very adult, but they do ask. They're like, you know. So you're an author, you're a writer. Yes, mommy's a writer. Well, what do you write? Do you write like my oldest is a huge fan of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid books. Okay. It's uh, no, no, no. Mama doesn't write stuff like that. Mommy writes scary stuff. And they get that 
but they are completely unimpressed with me. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they don't care. It's like, oh, right, there you go. So if mom was writing Diary of a Wimpy Kid, that'd be cooler? That would be cooler, but, you know, mommy's a horror writer, and they're just like every other literary fan. They're all big deal. You write horror. <laughs> it's like I, I'm just trying to think if there's any way you could meet them halfway and write the diary of a dismembered wimpy kid. Eh. <laughs> no, no, maybe I, not. Maybe not. <laughs> I did my, I did try to tell my oldest, you know, he does like some goosebumps. Oh, okay. There's a possibility maybe someday mommy could meet R.L. Stein. I'll get his autograph for you. And that kind of got him excited. But what I write, absolutely not. He is unimpressed. That's actually a, a good gateway series for kids into the world of, I guess, horror or the, or the macabre. Oh, yeah. Did you read those when you were younger? Because um, they've been around for a long time, haven't they? The, the, yes, Goosebumps were around when I was a kid. But I sort of skipped over them. I was reading Stephen King in the third grade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which, which, what's Stephen King's? Do you have a favorite? Is he your favorite author? He's not my favorite, but I mean, I definitely do like Stephen King. Jeez, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my bookshelf right now, and I cannot pick a favorite. He wrote so many amazing things. And for, for non-horror fans, I think everybody just wants to assume, oh, Stephen King's twisted. Stephen King writes his crazy stuff. For me, what Stephen King writes, he writes these really awesome, relatable people. And then sort of, can I cuss? Sure. <laughs> he kind of writes these really awesome, relatable people and then drops them in a shit stew. <laughs> and you find, you're rooting for these people because you feel like you know people like this. And you love people like this. And, oh, come on, get out of this. This is awful. <laughs> and, but, I mean, it's his characters that have always sucked me. And he, he's so wonderful at it. So, are you also a fan of the Stephen King movies, which are a very different, a different thing? It depends on the movie. Now, if he didn't, that, a, if he didn't write or direct it, are you a fan? <laughs> because I, <laughs> I find when he, when he gets directly involved, he just doesn't have a good sense for movies. He's got a great sense for you write storytelling, but for movies, they tend to get a bit corny when he's really involved. I think. But having said that, um, I'm not a fan of Kubrick's The Shining. Okay, interesting. Um, well, you see, I didn't actually watch that movie until I was maybe 14. And I know a lot of people really saw that movie either when it first came out, which was before my time, or when they were a lot younger. And when I saw it, it was just like, this is just a bunch of crazy carpet and weird music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Can you tell us anything about your book uh, that would not be a huge spoiler? Can you give us a bit of a, a taste of, of what we'd expect if we read Vicky Beautiful? Uh, sure. It's a, it's a novella. It's a really quick read. It's only about 25,000 words. Um, and I'm rounding up there. <laughs> only. Yeah, okay. It's, <laughs> it's about three lifetime friends, three women, and they're getting together to celebrate the 40th birthday of their friend Vicky. And Vicky is a, um, an image-obsessed person. Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be, you know, completely spotless. And she's a narcissist, if you want to put it not lightly. And they go to her house to celebrate her 40th birthday. And she tells them during this lavish dinner that she's putting on that she has cancer. And as things go along, she ends up dying. But she leaves a set of last wishes that she wants her dearest friends to carry out for her. And their last wishes they do not want to carry out because 
it's it's sick, it's demented, but you know, Vicky is a person who believed that putting a dead body in a satin lined casket is not beautiful. What are you gonna do with a dead body that makes it beautiful? Well, that's the twist. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm intrigued. So it's available on Amazon? It's available through Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble. It is ebook only, okay. but um, it is under four dollars. There's there's no reason to not get a copy then. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you have any other works in the in the in, the, uh, in progress? Because you you obviously have your first one published now, and first one's published. Yep. That I have I have the worst luck in the world. I'm Irish. And the role with real Irish people is if there were no bad luck, we would have none. <laughs> so I've worked through an indie publisher and I had three contracts signed with them. The one that was just published, a full novel and another novella. And they just announced this past February, right after we got the finals in for this novella that just came out, that they were closing. <laughs> oh, no. So I have... It's okay. I've made some contacts. I've made some friends. So I've got one novel out for submission right now, and I've got the two previously contracted works in the hands of an editor who's trying to talk another publisher into looking at them. So why not, and this is my ignorance, why not self-publish, or is that just a route that people don't want to go down? Or It depends on the person. Um, self-publishing is definitely gaining traction nowadays, but... You know, it takes a lot of work. If you want to really put out a quality piece, that takes a lot of money. You have to pay to have the cover art done. You have to pay to have it edited because, really, no matter how great a writer you are, you need you need a fresh pair of eyes looking at it. You need someone to edit it for you. And since I've had something traditionally published and worked with a real editor who once told me, this makes no sense, Summer. You have to rewrite it. It you need an editor. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, that sound means it's time for our lightning round of questions. Are you ready to answer some Twitter related questions? I am. Let's do it. Okay. Who is your coolest follower? <laughs> I think my coolest follower is Andrew Zimmer. <laughs> and Andrew Zimmer, I actually I, so I did not know who that was. I had to look him up. So he's obviously a big-time TV chef personality, food personality? He's one of those guys that travels the world, and somebody will stick something in his face and say, here, eat this, and he does. He'll eat anything. <laughs> are, are you a person like that? Will you challenge yourself on like food, or are you more conservative with the food? I'm, I'm in between, actually. Um, I do have limits, but for the most part, I'll try something once. And how long have you been on Twitter? About five or six years. That's a fairly long time. It is. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a kid. I'm, I've been here for a while. And so what, why did you sign up? Curiosity. Okay. Do you use Twitter for your writing or is it a fairly separate thing or is that, is that new for you? You know, um, they call it imposter syndrome. And maybe it's because I'm new. Maybe it's because I'm highly neurotic. But I feel weird talking about my writing. I'll do it every now and then. But usually, I mean, my Twitter is just me bullshitting. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Twitter that you follow, like a particularly funny Twitter? I follow mostly funny people. Like everybody that I interact with, if I've ever favorited or retweeted anything of yours, I mean, I love you. Oh, thanks. I'm happy to see you every day. <laughs> 
But um, who who else do you like to have in your timeline? Any any favorites um, that brighten up your day? I really love Kendall J. Collar. She's a fellow writer. She writes in a different genre. She does like dark, but she likes poetry and um, erotic stuff. But she's also just a fantastic woman. I love her. Very cool. And you're not on a lot of other social media platforms, are you? You're on, I think you said you're on Facebook, but that's that's it. Do you actually have a, a writing site, like a fan site set up yet for Facebook? I have an author page on Facebook. Yes, I do. All right. So people should find you there. Yes. Excellent. So they can just search Summer Cannon, S-O-M-E-R. And Cannon, spelled yep. exactly the way you'd expect. Well, Summer, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have yourself a great evening. And that's that's it. Okay, thank you. This has been Tweeters and 12. My name is Mark, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>